0: Welcome to episode 36 of the Dudes and Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast about all the theme parks you should go to once you get vaccinated. Nor is a podcast about relearning how to appropriately dress yourself once you start returning to the office. Uh, this is a podcast about dudes who are spanking dudes and dudes who are being spanked by other dudes. And this show is hosted by two dudes. Hey there, I am
1: Kroop, a.k.a. Manicorn, a.k.a. Soup Goblin, a.k.a. Brian, <laughs> and I'm returning to the show. I have so many names
0: now, I can't even keep them all straight. Seriously, I feel good for only having two, so I am Scott, also known as Red Spake Scott, and occasionally known as Hotbot Scott. Scott. Um, welcome back for those who... who who don't know or or who are recent joiners of the podcast this entire podcast was actually Cripp's idea um
1: back in the day
0: back in the day yeah and so we started it together uh recorded a few episodes and uh you stepped away but we've had you back a few times and um today we are going to be talking about spaking and furries of which uh, a community community of those you are a (laughs) member (laughs) <laughs> they are but we love weirdos <laughs> um They're that's what makes them great uh so before that some business to get to first of all what have you it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast
1: i don't even remember when the, when the last time was i think it was the last time i went to baw i was on and we talked about it yes together.
0: yes badass weekend yes mm-hmm. yeah we were both there so um but what have you been up to more recently
1: um. Let me see. Well, I've I've moved recently. I'm not in New York anymore. Uh, I've moved in with my boyfriend into Connecticut. Um. So we're still pretty close to the, to New York City. Actually, we're about the same distance away. I'm just in a different state. Um. But that's that's been keeping me busy, as you can probably
0: imagine. Mm-hmm. And your uh, boyfriend is both a furry and into spanking, right?
1: He in fact is. He is both of those things. So yeah, we, we actually we met through um through my furry identity. I, I, that's probably not the right word for it, but we, we met through the furry community. Okay. Um and he'd actually been following my blog for quite a while and my writings and he liked my characters and we started talking through that and one thing led to another and then one day it was like oh hey you don't actually live that far away from me or do you like to come and meet up and. And now look where I am. I'm in a house now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that means that unlike me, you have been engaging still in spanking play.
1: Yes. Lucky you. Um, the two of us, we, one of us gets spanked at least once a day over here. Like, we we literally have a paddle in every single room <laughs> in case we need it. But, yeah, like, you haven't. You told me before you haven't actually been doing any spanking nope. since Hot Seed. Isn't that right?
0: Yes. So so I, what I love about this is, of course, is when we started the podcast, you were a complete newbie to actually doing spanking play. And now you're doing way more than me. And I am so jealous and, and, and happy. Yeah, that seems and like jealous. it's
1: backwards. Like I feel like <laughs> you should get your ass beat like, on a weekly basis, at least.
0: I'm, Whereas I'm I, I, don't, I never it. deserve
1: to be spanked at all, so like I don't think I don't think this is bright right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good boy. You're the bad one.
0: <laughs> See, the, the problem is like I I like spanking good boys too. So so that oh. that that's just that nothing for me. Um, but I have been vaccinated. I got my first shot. I'm getting the next shot next week, as a matter of fact. So. Uh, a lot of folks are, and things are slowly firing back up. Um, some good news for the spanking community. The folks at Badass Weekend in Augusta, Georgia, have decided they are preparing for uh, the event in October. It was, of course, canceled last October because of COVID-19. Uh, but based on the rate of vaccinations that have been going on and the reopening in the world, they are pretty confident they're going to be able to safely have the event. Um, they've scheduled it for October 14th through the 17th. I plan to be there. Yes, um, as do I. Yes. So check out www.bawevent.com for Badass Weekend. Interesting news for those who people who go there. I, I kind of tend to fudge a little bit on my age on the podcast. I turn 50 years old in July. Dolly. Yes.
1: The big 5-0.
0: Yes. And I am so spank-horny to, to, to put it mildly. And um, so if you come to Badass Weekend, I my my policy will be to say yes to anyone who wants to give me birthday swats. So wow. Yep, yep. If that's your butt's gonna be
1: sore by I've, the time that's over.
0: <laughs> I certainly hope so. Um, although I do need to get into some practice. My, my, my big fur, my big furry. I just said furry instead of worry. Uh, my big worry, of course, is uh, by by the time that hot seat retreat came around, I had been bottoming for long enough that I had kind of gone back to my heavy duty bottom phase, where I could take some a lot of punishment, and I took quite a bit at Badass Weekend, and my butt handled it just fine, um, and it actually didn't have any marks, despite me taking several I don't know how many, but taking a lot of punishment, and I'm afraid that I've lost it all, <laughs> so now oh, I'm. Yeah, no, I actually get my butt back in back in spanking shape, so hopefully well, hopefully, you, I'll be able you've to gotta, do that. You've
1: got to find somebody to spank you before the yes. event starts, like, yes. regularly.
0: I'll be bugging – I've already told uh, Bossman that I'll be bugging him for some spankings um, before before heading back out to Georgia. So, um, so back in the saddle. Yep, and of course, just to be clear, this also means that we are planning next March to uh, have – our second hot seat retreat uh, in Palm Springs. Uh, the attention is uh, at the same resort, CCBC. We will have more information we'll be opening up registration come the fall. But just right now, again, based on the way that things are reopening, we are fairly confident that we'll be able to put on the event again. So stay tuned for more news there. Uh, well, we don't have forward the if-
1: to. That. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping I'll be able to get to hot seat this year.
0: Yes, I definitely I mi-
1: I missed yes. the first year and then COVID happened. The next yep. year, but this—I feel like this year is my year to to finally get out there.
0: Yes, yes, and uh, it was so much fun. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing everyone again. I mean, that's the big thing. Is true. The spanking is important, but like like I've always said in the podcast, we're all part of a community, and being able to see people again is just as important to me as you know spanking them and being spanked by them. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, this entire episode, both the real real life spanking section and the fantasy life of spanking section, we're going to be talking about furry culture here with uh, with Croup uh, uh, here as our our super knowledgeable person. So we'll start with the real life of spanking and the real life of furry, essentially. So tell us, let's start with the very very basics. What is a furry?
1: What is a furry? Well, if you've been on the internet for any amount of time, or at least, like, in the porn scene, like, you've probably seen the artwork and such, but if you haven't, a furry is just, you know, any fan of what they call an anthropomorphic character, or, as I would put it, like, an animal person. Um, the best example I have is just, like, Disney cartoons. Uh, Disney's Robin Hood, for instance. Um or, or a more modern example would be Zootopia, just like the animal people most of the cartoons. Um, a lot of furries got into it back in the 90s when there was just like a glut of animation on TV with furry characters in it, like uh, like SWAT cats, uh, DuckTales. Um, me personally, I got into it through X-Men comics um, because there was one character on the team, uh, Beast, mm-hmm. who had a more like like gorilla like body and i as as even as a kid i was like that's really hot looking to me um but i can't quite say
0: why yet until (laughs) i mature a little bit um yeah i had yeah i had uh i had nightcrawler who is a little bit yeah he has he has the tail yeah Yeah. and like he's like, for me,
1: like, I, I sort of see furry as, like, an umbrella label for just anything that's, like, not human. So, like, I count, like, orcs, like, Lord of the Rings orc mm-hmm. stuff as also being furry, even though, like, technically they're not. But, like, I, I just, I use that label for it just because it's easier for me. Because right. uh, humans are boring, you know? Like, yeah, you can find human porn anywhere, but finding minotaur porn, like, that's something special. You don't often see Theseus and minotaur spanking art.
0: What does... Is- Identifying yourself as a furry involve? Um, well, it's
1: – furry is a very large community. So anything I say here, like, it's not – these aren't universal rules that I'm laying out. Um, I can give, like, my own experience and what I've observed, but, like, just keep that in mind that furry is very big.
0: It's kind of like um, kink because, you know, there's – you know, being into kink doesn't mean you're into any particular – kink activity, there's a whole yeah, like, just,
1: like, I'm into spanking. that doesn't mean I'm into rubber play, for instance, although they are both kinks, of course. Um, but, to, so, like, furry is generally, um, you're just, like I said, you're a fan of those characters. Um, at some point when you, like, dive deep into it, a lot of people like to make their own characters, um, their own, like, furry characters, or furry versions of themselves, which are usually called fursonas like a persona, but a fursona. Um, and then you just sort of, uh, it's just sort of like a playful space. Like you take that character and you interact with other people who have their characters and they're, you're all different species. Um, my experiences are mostly like online. Like I, there's a large furry community on Twitter um, who we all have, like we all get furry art of each other and just sort of play around on there. Um, There's several other websites, though. Um, but saying that, like, furry isn't only an online thing. There are very large furry conventions as well uh, where people get together. Like, it's it's almost like going to a really big sci-fi convention because mm-hmm. uh, furries tend to be, like, into sci-fi and fantasy art in general as well, probably because they, they also first discover furry characters in fantasy and science fiction a lot of right. the time. So they just tend to be fans of that anyway. Um but yeah, it's it's just, it's it's a fun, inclusive community. Um, it's very, very, uh, like, pro-inclusivity mm-hmm. and, like, pro-LGBT issues. Um, probably because, like, if I had to guess, because um, the act of choosing your avatar is very important to furries. Like, you get to choose your species, your fursona. And then it, if you get tired to that fursona, you can you always have the opportunity to just, like, make another one. You can have multiple characters. I think like that aspect probably makes them um, like sympathetic to like trans issues, for instance. Right. So you know you get to you get to choose who you are, or you know you you get to see who you, who your your inner self is. I guess you could say. Um, so like the, the fandom does skew like very LGBT. Like when I do a to, to a furcon. I'm aware that most of the other furries around me are, are gay people or bi or, you know, some, they're somewhere on
0: that spectrum. When it, yeah, what it kind of makes me think of, and, and one of the ways that helped me understand the furry community is thinking of people, you know, being into kink or BDSM doesn't necessarily mean you're into leather or uniforms, but there's a, there are a lot of people in the community who are. and. Mm. Picking out what your leather identity, your uniform, your outfit and how that um, how that helps you perform who you are in that community. And I use perform in a very sort of literal sense, not in an insult, but like how you present yourself within the kink of BDSM scene. Is super important to people who are into that. I am not really into it, so it doesn't mean anything to me. But it's very clear it means a lot to them. And right. so that kind like
1: of... I guess the furry equivalent to that would be like a fur suit, I guess. Which, if you, if you haven't seen pictures, it's you know like people right. put together like full body, uh, like almost like mascot uniforms, right. like out of football game you might see. Um, but, like, they make suits of, of their own characters or fictional characters, and they, they walk around these conventions in them. Um, I'm not as much into that part of the community, but, like, I've I've been around other furries who are enough that, like, it's, it's just a very normal thing for right. a lot of them.
0: Right, so, but even though, you know, some may do it in real life, some may do the fursuits and some may not, but still there's this similarity in the sense that creating your... Persona or your your character or who represents you in the furry scene is very s- similar to. What is my identity within the BDSM kink scene? Like, what for? It's me-
1: that, yes, it's how it's all about how you present yourself, yeah. and, and you ch- and you get to choose how that is. Whereas in real life, you may not necessarily be able to do that to that right. extent. With, with with a fur character, you like you have full control over every aspect of them.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so the, the 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 complicated question is, how much? is the relationship, how much of a relationship is there between being a furry and your sexual identity? Is this a kink? Is this inevitably tied up with sexual identity?
1: So I wouldn't say inevitably, um, but I would say a lot of it is for a large number of furries. Um, This is actually, this is an ongoing debate within the community. Um, so I may be, like, overstepping my bounds or, or giving away secrets here. But, um, yeah, like, the, there is a contingent within the furry fandom who don't want the community to be seen that way. Like, they don't think it's a sex thing, or they don't want to be seen as, like, being perverts, for instance, just as they have, like, a furry avatar on the internet, um, which I can understand. But, like, from my observation, it does seem like a large number of furries, like, are into it as a sex thing, mm-hmm. and I probably would say it is a kink for a lot of them. Like, it is for me, for instance. Um, I just for, for me, it's because I like a certain type of male character. Like, I like the really muscle-bound guys. Right. Um, that's just a me thing. And in furry art, you can exaggerate male characteristics in such a way that, like, you can get, like, guys who are like even more like masculine or like, you know, muscular and strong than you would find like in a normal human. Like like minotaurs are super strong or like right. orcs are stronger than normal men. You know, like stuff like that. Um so that's what draws me to a lot of it. Um but within the within the larger community, yeah, like I would say for a lot of people it is a sex thing. Um and I wouldn't, I wouldn't really shy away from that because that's, I think that's actually one of the community's strengths, really, because um, it makes, it makes it sort of like anti corporate, like corporations can't move into furry fandom, and try to like take it over, like they have, for instance, for like a lot of like the LGBT community, I sort of feel like, uh, like corporations learn that they can pander right. to the LGBT community, like they it's an easy way to get the money. Without necessarily like needing to take actual progressive steps to like, like, you know what I'm trying to say? But they they can't do that for furries because like furries is just so much porn and like they can't make that family friendly.
0: Um, Yeah, right. It's like how the old gay beer commercial from Saturday Night Live is now actually real. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's nice (laughs) to be accepted by like, you know, the greater population. Like that, but on the other hand, it's sort of like, uh, is this really what I want? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a part of your identity that gets to be shared only with people who share it, who, who 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 are part of it, and not something for outsiders. Um. So when we first started the podcast, one of the things, and I I knew you were a furry, you know. Well, I'd, I'd known you for years before we started the podcast, and I'd known that you were a furry. And one of the things I had asked you was whether there was a lot of spanking play within the furry community at the time you kind of you, you suggested to me or, that you were you were having difficulties finding anything but um mm-hmm. how do things stand these days
1: well i've been having a little bit more luck the last couple of years but i i think a lot of that is just due to i've sort of carved out my own niche inside the community um for anyone listening who doesn't know like i i am i am pretty i, I don't know if i'd say prominent like I've been in the fandom for a long time. So within the furry community, I'm sort of known as like the spanking guy. Um, Like whenever there is furry artwork that has spanking, like I tend to be tagged by someone or like friends see it and they're like, oh, I have to show this to crew because we know that he likes this. Um, I've been putting out like I've been commissioning artwork and writing stories with, with big furry guys getting spanked for a really long time. And so I, I have drawn, like, I, like my own mini-community within the larger community to me, I think. Um, I do have a, a furry spanko group on Telegram, which is a messaging service, um, which has about, I think, it has, like, 80-something members who, oh, wow. who post to it regularly. Um, I, have, I have a Discord server. Like I've, I, I'm sort of well-known. So I think just by putting out so much material over the years... I, I am finding more of it than I had been. Like I've there are a number of new artists who have been coming out, you know, who are very kinky and like to put out spanking stuff. And they they've directly told me that I was like an inspiration to them. So that made me feel pretty good. But um so yeah, like for that reason, I I think I wouldn't say there's like a renaissance of spanking art within Furry, but there's more than there used to be. Um I actually do have a a Twitter uh thread where i've I, I point out various furry artists who, who do do uh spanking work regularly I'll, I'll try to retweet that once this podcast goes live so people can see that see some examples of what i'm talking about
0: yeah but i'll tweet that as well i've actually been trying to on the dudes uh, the dudes a dudes twitter feed which if you're listening is dudes spank dudes um, sharing, you know, I, I share a lot of photos and videos or, or drawings of human spaking, but I've also been trying to occasionally when I see it share furry spaking uh, artwork as well just for for some variety. Um so so tell me about tell me about Inarog, your unicorn.
1: Inarog my unicorn. Well, okay, he is um he's my first sona, I guess you could call him. Although typically when, when a furry makes a persona for themselves, like, the persona is themselves, just, like, a furry. Like, if someone is really into wolves, they'll just, like, you know, make their, their own... It'll, it'll be a wolf version of them. Uh, is didn't start out that way. He, he is a unicorn. Uh, that's the species I chose for him, and he's, he's very masculine. He's very rugged. Um, he gets into lots of, like, kinky peril situations, because I'm very into that. Um, but he started out as just sort of, like, another character of mine, so I already had, like, a large number of characters by that point already, and he was another guy I could put into, like, humiliating situations and, and have him get spanked, or have him spanked, like, some other friend's character who I thought was hot, <laughs> so we'd get art together of that happening. Um, but as time went on, like, Inarod just became really popular, and I liked Interrog a lot, so I sort of, like, made him my face in the community, but his personality is, like, very different from mine. Uh so that's that's just like not a typical thing. Like I guess the thing that I like best about him is he is a unicorn and that lets me play with like unicorn tropes. Because when you think unicorn, you don't think like a big hairy chested, like manly guy who like drinks beer and like burps and like gets into wrestling matches at the drop of a hat. Like you think like more of like a feminine sort of like a like, like sparkly, like sort of prissy thing probably right. almost. Uh, so with Inara, I get to like put that on its head and like subvert those sort of stereotypes, which is something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and that's sort of like what a lot of furry art can be like because um, it's sort of like when you pick a persona or with a furry character, that's another like level of roles that you can assume. Like for instance, Scott, like I know you're very into bully play. Right. You like bullies picking on on nerds, giving them wedgies, like stuff like that. Um with furry, like you can have you can have a bully character, but you also have another level to that where you, like you can pick the species and play right. with like those animal sort of characteristics. Like for example, like what do darts and cats do? Well they don't get along. Darts chase cats. So on and so forth. So, so maybe if you're for your bully character, if you're bullying a cat, you might make a big like pit bull to chase them around and then like get them and spank right. them or, or whatever you want to do.
0: <laughs> so do you um, do you engage in spaking in real life with well, of course, your boyfriend who is a furry. But so so how much have we been seeing this um, addition of spaking play to real life furry play? Well, I
1: don't know if I'm the best example, because most of the, what I do, like, is online. I'm just, mm. I'm just an online person. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, I have been to a couple furry conventions just to meet, like, online friends and meet a bunch of them, and I will say, like, I've probably done more spanking at these places than I've done at like actual spanked events like like badass weekend. Right. Um and please do not don't ask me how or why that happens. But it's just, <laughs> I think I just have more I've had more energy when I've gone to fur convention <laughs> for whatever reason. But yeah, because 'cause I'm known as just the spanking guy there. Um and whatever friends I have who I'm seeing at this fur con, like they're probably into spanking themselves, just that's the reason they're following me or or they even know me. So they they they're curious and they just sort of ask me like hey would you would you mind putting me over your lap for a little bit which I'm not going to turn that down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're you're kind of recruiting you're recruiting furries in the spanking community and yes, on, I'm on like this podcast a stealth
1: recruitment officer in the furry community I'm I'm turning furries into spankos and I'm turning spankos into furries. Right, that's what this episode...
0: This episode is for turning (laughs) spankos into furries. Yes,
1: is it working?
0: (laughs) We'll get into that when we talk about the fantasy life of spanking a little bit more, Uh, but you already know the answer to that question. So, um, for people out here in the spanking community who are curious about about furries, uh, and maybe have had thoughts about it, and have seen you know, spanking, and I've been very clear about it in the podcast. Some of the things that first got me thinking about spanking as a child were things like Tom and Jerry cartoons, and that yes. you know, in the Disney cartoon with the three little pigs with the spanking yeah, machine, yeah, with the
1: spanking machine, and they all yeah. get flipped up, and their pants like all just yep. slide
0: down, and their bare butts are in the air, and then they all get paddled at once. Yep, yep. It was like the funny thing about about using animals allowed animators to get away with putting kinky stuff on cartoons um, right
1: because like you see like you know the tom spanking jerry or jerry spanking i let them confuse over which is which you see the mouse spanking the big cat with like a, a fly yeah. swatter or something and it, it's not like a kinky thing necessarily it's a cartoonish thing right yeah because it's just it's handled very yeah. in a yeah. very silly way
0: yeah so if you are someone who is in the spanking scene and is kind of maybe thought or fantasized about this what what do you do
1: what do you do about it? Well, I mean, I would say it's like any other interest you might have. Um, if if you're interested in, in furry stuff or if you just see a piece of art that, you know, you part of you is like, oh, like, that's hot or like, you have like a reaction to it. Um, like, just go ahead and explore it if you want. There's a very large community on the Internet. Um, the biggest website is probably FurAffinity.net, um, but there's several other websites that. Um, you know, like you, you can you can find my page. I'm I'm croup over there on Fur Affinity. You can look through my faves if you want, because probably every spanking art that there has ever been is in there. <laughs> um But yeah, I mean just uh I just when I was growing up there was a stigma attached to like being a furry. Like it was like a weird thing and they were sort of like the punching bag of the internet or like one of the punching bags of the internet. Um I think that stigma has really gone away, especially in the last couple of years. So or maybe that's just because most of my friends are furries now. But <laughs> like it's just another like it's just another internet thing. Yeah. Um so if you want to if you want to play in that community if if you if you've ever had the thought like I wonder what my persona would be. Then, like, hey, chances are you're already a furry, and it's okay. It's <laughs> like, like the big question is like, what's your favorite animal? And then once you start thinking about that, and the gears start clicking in your head over like what kind of animal person might you be, it's already too late. It's happened. You are a furry, so you can either <laughs> you can either accept that and just sort of run with it, or uh, or deny it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did get a question from uh, another furry spanking uh, acquaintance of ours, Filibuster. Who, um, I love
1: Filibuster. Hi, Phil, if you're listening to this.
0: I will bring up Filibuster again in the Fantasy Life uh, section. Um, but uh, he suggested um, that we might want to talk about a little bit about etiquette if you go to one of these furry conventions, especially if you're new um, to one of these furry things or, or a meetup or anything like that. Um, if you're exploring this space for the first time, is there a- anything they should know about how to interact with people?
1: So I'm a terrible person to ask this of because I'm I'm just very introverted in general. I, <laughs> if I go to a furry convention, I'm not going to, like, meet new people. I am going to meet people who I already know and have already spoken to, and I just get to meet them, like, in real life. Um, but, I mean, I just – I would probably just say it, it, it follows, like – like the like the kink rules that you follow at a place like Badass Weekend. Like don't interrupt a scene if you don't have permission. Like you can you can watch maybe, but like don't just walk into it and expect to be it's accepted right off the bat. Um I'm not really sure like how to answer it really. It's <laughs> like most people who go there are adults and I know a lot of sex does happen, but it's all like behind closed doors in hotel rooms. So like if you're in a situation where something like that is happening, then I guess just, just go with your gut and do what feels correct to you. Like
0: (laughs) with that, let's uh, let's go over to the fantasy life of spanking. Um, And in this case, the fantasy life of furry spanking, which is very important because a significant amount of the furry community is about exploring fantasies. Um, And as I said earlier, Part of my you know development as a spaking a recognition of a spaking Kingster uh, Kingster is seeing anthropomorphic representations of spaking on cartoons. so we also have uh, in the community um artists like Sprite you had mentioned somewhere but but another big name um, that people might remember is sprite spr right I had
1: mentioned him in in that one episode we did. So long ago when we were talking about spanking artists, right? Um, he was one of the big ones for me, and actually his work was probably the first time I saw like erotic furry art out in the wild. Um, that was probably the first time I saw some. So like yeah, like he, a lot of his work is with humans, but he also has a lot of furry artwork. Like I remember one in particular. There is uh, a, a polar bear who looks like he's he's just been. Like paddled really hard, his butt is like bright red and it's steaming, mm. and it's like a wintry environment. <laughs> and so like the uh, the spanker is like holding his his chilly hands out to the heat going off in this polar bear's butt, and it's like oh like that finally like my hands can then unfreeze, uh like very like again like cartoonish
0: stuff like that.
1: I think yeah. Sprite also got a lot of influence from Looney Tunes, yeah, and y- things of that nature.
0: Yeah, he did a um, – one I remember that I, I thought was really hot was actually of a bear, an actual bear as opposed to a, a gay bear. but Well, he, the bear was probably <laughs> gay too, but a bear spaking a hunter. Um,
1: yeah, I know exactly which one you mean. That's also a very good one because it's, like it's like a role reversal thing, right. I guess.
0: Yeah, and he does uh, that a lot too. Sure. Yeah, so
1: that's another reason I'm I'm very into him. Um, another one that I'm we're just, just going to be mentioning sprite art for a little while here. <laughs>
0: um,
1: there's this great one of a bunch of it looks like they're like a bunch of guard dogs, who have all been like tied up in this very embarrassing looking bondage apparatus by this one cat, and they all have um. They like they're all like leashed and collared, and like their butts are all bright red. And a lot of them have like like broom handles shoved up their butts and like oh, stuff yeah. like that. And if if you look on the ground, like they all have their their uh their dishes out, like their the dog dishes, and they have very like tough like tough dog names like Rex or like Brutus or like what whatever they were. There's there's a bunch of dishes, but all those things have been crossed out. And in their place have been written, like, very, like, embarrassing names, like, like, Spanky or Sissy or, like, stuff like that. And I just, and I enjoy that one a lot, because, it, again, it's, like, role reversal. Like, the cat has bested, like, all of these dogs who normally you would expect to be the other way around. And it's, like, a, it's, like, a one Dom multiple sub thing, which I'm also very into. Um, but now I got completely sidetracked. I don't remember what we were talking about anymore. <laughs> I just, we got, got to Sprite art, and I just, I ran away.
0: No, I mean, that's a, the, the point is there's a significant uh, opportunity to use furry, um, furry ideas to fantasize about exaggerated or unusual spanking scenes in a way that is erotic and sexy. Um, but in, in an environment where everyone's a human, it may look weird um, or mm-hmm. possibly even dangerous Right, furry gives you an, an
1: additional level of, like, disconnect. Like, you're yeah. aware that this this can't happen in reality, because, you know, furry people don't exist in reality yet, sadly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's another way to, like, explore these yeah.
1: sort of scenarios, like, safely, I guess, through, yeah. through the safety of the internet and online role-playing.
0: Yeah, and it's a way of kind of separating yourself. From certain fantasies while still being able to explore them. So, for just to kind of explain, people, again, people who've listened to the podcast know that, I, I know about my bully fantasies, um, which is a reflection of a very significant fantasy I have about non consensual spanking play, which. Mm-hmm. I am mature and intelligent and aware enough to know you don't do that stuff in real life, and I never have, and I never will. I will never spank anyone non-consensually, and, and I certainly would not be spanked non-consensually. But it's nevertheless a persistent fantasy that helps me kind of think about or explore what I really want to do in real life, which is to be able to take – Significant amounts of spanking punishment, like heavy, long mm-hmm. spankings, which is something right. I and, genuinely and, have, and to
1: have no say in
0: it. Yeah, something, and that's something I genuinely want to do. And so, the the, the non consensual fantasy is a way of kind of giving voice to this this desire for really, really intense, long sessions. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's something I explore in my work too. Um yeah. Like my my biggest work is probably Argus, the Werewolf Spanker, uh, available on Amazon. And in that, it's it's about um, a guy who who tracks down werewolves, which is another furry gateway. Anyone who likes <laughs> werewolves is probably also a furry uh, <laughs> at like some level. They're they're probably a, a, le- a furry on some level. Um, and you know, he, and he they're hunting humans, and he has to track them down and and give them a good spanking to teach them a lesson. So yeah, so when I of just thing, thought I'd chime in there?
0: Yeah, so one, one of the things I did after you know after hanging, hanging out or, or getting to know you for a long time is once I started exploring getting back into bottoming uh, a few years ago, I really, really started fantasizing about a lot of super hardcore bottoming. Mm-hmm. And I came up with the idea of creating a persona. That represented that part of me, and I mm-hmm. did. He, I ended up making a character named Brody, who is a hippo. For no, the only so the reason here's here's how I came up with Brody. I sat there and thought, for me, "Okay, Scott, you're thinking about you want to make a an anthropomorphic animal that is heavy hardcore into to." heavy impact play and is very enthusiastic about it. So, so think you, wanted
1: about, some, you wanted like a tough animal.
0: Yeah. So I thought, right? yes, yeah, so I thought we were like, what is, what animal can you think of that? If they actually were anthropomorphic would be most likely to be into impact play. And I almost immediately thought hippo, which are hippos, you know, they're cute and they're kind of funny, but they're also Incredibly aggressive and dangerous in real life, but the thing and but they are very physical creatures, and even when they play, uh, they're a little bit dangerous. they get pretty rough with each other, like even in, in playful ways. And so,
1: yeah, I think I've seen those nature documentaries. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so and and, uh, and um, the males are very much bullies, and so I very much ended up creating Brody as this hippo who. Is was not just to explore hardcore speaking, but I started thinking about like wanting to develop a relationship. But I've talked a bit about this in the podcast. Um, I want to be a relation, I want a as a relationship, I would like to be the bottom, mm-hmm. and
1: yeah, like you want you want to, to top a lot in just like hookups, but you want like as a long term relationship, you want someone you can bottom to on a consistent yeah. basis,
0: and that meant exploring the idea of. of To be to find a greater pool of guys who might potentially be interested in me, I have been starting to explore other types of kink, discovering that I enjoy other types of impact play besides spanking. And so so um, uh, so Brody kind of became this way to start exploring other kinks as a bottom, and thinking about what I would, you know, how those fantasies made me feel. And one really of the ideas behind him was, um, I wouldn't say no to doing things with Brody that I, that even though I personally wouldn't do them. So mm-hmm. I haven't really done much, much with Brody, but I did do some. Yeah, you did a little art. bit
1: when you first got him. Like I think yeah. you had a couple pieces of art done and a few stories here and there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and in fact, filibuster, who we talked about earlier, I commissioned filibuster to do some spanking art of of him mm-hmm. as a bottom, and I will I will post a my a, a nice photo with someone else's persona who it, um as the spaking top, a saber toothed lion as a top. Oh yes,
1: that's that's actually my friend Talon, who I still yes. speak to. And... Oh
0: yes, yeah, I haven't spoken to <laughs> Talon in a long time. It's been it's been uh, several years since I've written or done anything with Brody. Mm -hmm. And part of that actually is because Brody helped me to actually start doing that stuff. So I invented Brody and and it'd be like, well, what if I did this? What if I did this with Brody? What Mm -hmm. if he did this? And then I started doing that in real life. So since I've invented Brody, I have gotten into face slapping. I have gotten into flogging. You know, I have gotten into other forms of impact play and discovered that there is more to me in s than just spanking, and I'm still going to keep exploring these things. And, you know, now so opening up would you, up you say that,
1: that Brody served his purpose then, that he, <laughs> he fulfilled what you wanted to do with him?
0: Possibly. I mean, I'd like to keep working with him to see what else. Like like other – I had other – there are other stories about him in my head, and I still have fantasies uh, where I am Brody. You know where where there are things that are happening to Brody that I'm experienced, like like uh, cock and ball punishment and water sports and just kind of like things that I would immediately say no if someone in real life asked me. But mm-hmm. filtering it. But,
1: but Brody would think nothing of having someone pee into his open mouth. Like that's a normal thing for him, probably.
0: <laughs> or Brody doesn't get a choice.
1: And right.
0: So then. Then that becomes a way of explore of, okay, so, so Brody is me. So I, I explore this by not giving Brody a choice. And so it happens to Brody, and he reacts to it, and he's okay after it. And so that part of me is like, well, if there's someone that I'm attracted to, if this is part of their sexuality and their kink, is that now something that I could maybe consider knowing that it makes the other person happy? Um, And so that has become a way. So, so the fantasy and one of the reasons why we have this fantasy part of the podcast is because as, as off the wall that some fantasies can be particularly like when we're talking about either um, um, very hardcore, heavy duty stuff, Non-consensual stuff, stuff involving, you know, inappropriate fantasies. When you have inappropriate fantasies, it doesn't necessarily mean you want inappropriate things to happen. But it's a way to let you figure out, well, what can I do? If, if I keep having these ideas, what can I safely do? What am I safely willing? What are these fantasies trying to tell me? Because they're not literal any more than your dreams are literal. I don't want to be a hippo. Person, I don't, I don't <laughs> think. Although um, question mark, <laughs>
1: question mark. I mean, Brody is pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. Like just putting it out there. <laughs>
0: um, but it lets me explore that part. It's a way, like I said, it's a, it's a separation between me and this fantasy environment that I can safely say, oh, what if you know? So so if this happened to me. Does it feel like a turn-on? And if it is a turn-on in the fantasy, I'm like, well, okay. So is my real-life objection to this, um, what does that objection mean? And so I just kind of start mm-hmm. thinking over. And it's like, is it something that I'm just objecting to out of hand because I haven't tried it? And that's kind of like what got me into these other things. So so personas are really, really great for thinking about Things you haven't really thought about before. I mean, I don't know if that has happened to you with your first because you've made a few and you've done quite a few stories. Has that taken you? Um, I mean, that was how actually, wasn't that how kind of how your spanking fetish started to manifest? I mean, you were just talking about that before with Sprite because you were doing, I think you were really exploring both kind of at the same time.
1: I would now it's, I was definitely a spankto before I was a furry. Um, But I think by seeing Sprite's artwork, that did sort of start, like, the train in my brain of being like, yeah, like, I like spanking a lot. I like, you know, jocks getting humiliated by their dads and stuff like that. But then I was like, but also, this, like, dragon guy that he drew is also really hot. And I wonder what it would be like if he got (laughs) spanked, too. So, like, I I would say I'm primarily a spank (laughs) though. But, like i i I was never like, Oh no, that would be gross. I don't want to think about like a dragon getting spanked. that would be so weird. I was sort of like, okay well i I apparently I think that's hot, so what if I just sort of looked at more stuff like that, <laughs> and what would that be like?
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, and one of the reasons i really I really, really like free spaking art is because of the amount it's well. It can be both. It's both harsh because again, the cartoon environment gives you sort of freedom to to present. Oh yeah, like
1: it, in terms of like like vanilla sex, there is a, a very large cliche in a furry fandom that like, uh, no matter how big like the top's dick is, like it will always fit into the bottom. Like even if the bottom <laughs> is like this scrawny like fox character and the top is like this massive like gorilla, like it doesn't matter. The dick will somehow fit, even if like, <laughs> even if, like it doesn't conceivably look like nice. it should in reality. But that's just a furry thing.
0: Yeah, so you um, end up with a lot of cre- there's a lot of creativity in spanking art. Yes, there's like a lot of
1: size difference, a lot of role reversals can happen. Um, yeah. I will say with with me and Inaraj, um, I've done stuff with Inaraj that I definitely, like, I would not want to do in real life. But because you know like. He's not me per se. Like he's not a furry version of me. He's, he's a different character. So I think that sets me free, sort of, to like do things to him that I wouldn't normally do. Like if I if I ever do like, make like an, an actual persona for myself, I probably wouldn't consent to a lot of the same stuff I do do with Interod. But uh yeah, it's just whatever you feel comfortable with really. Yeah. And yeah. If, if 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 you feel more comfortable doing things in with you know in, in with the furry point of view. Than you do in real life, then that's a fine way to get started. Yep,
0: yep, yeah. I see lots of lots of furries in spanking machines. Of course, Sprite was big on spanking machines. I love spanking machines, and, and Sprite's done mm, both humans good. and animals in spanking machines. But um, yeah, it's a really, really fascinating way of exploring wild and different and creative representations of spanking. So if you find the more conventional spanking art. Uh, if it I don't want to say bars because I, I, I don't want to discourage any sort of spaking art we need more no, but art. but I the would say that a lot, a, lot of, lot
1: of a lot of furry art is very creative so if you if you find like what you're looking at at least is sort of stale to you then you might want to you know check over the the fence and see what's happening over here because yeah. there's a lot of really fun stuff happening
0: yeah so yeah and I think uh, I think uh, with that um, and actually, you know, and there are people who commission artworks like I mentioned, um, uh, filibuster, I paid filibuster to do some drawings for me. So, so there are artists out there who will take your money and uh, and uh, draw your fantasy uh, fantasies for you.
1: Yes, the, the furry community especially is it's very artist dominated, I might want to say, just because like everyone has their own furry character and they depend on artists to like to draw them or to to interact with their friends so like to get fun art of, of whatever they they want their character to be doing so like, i think like more than any other fandom that's another thing that really sets furry apart is cuz like the artists um are so active and so busy and and they're and they're like they're really well respected within the community too um another reputation that furries have is just that they they pay very well for art um and they respect their artists like a lot of a lot of struggling college kids who who are having difficulty paying the bills, um, they will turn to like doing furry porn basically, because they know that furries will, will pay for it and that it's it's sort of like guaranteed money for them.
0: Yep, and I will continue to and I'll, I'll of course be relying on you to forward them to me, but to share the occasional um, furry spanking art through the dude spank dudes Twitter feed. So. With mm-hmm. that, uh, we will wrap up uh, this episode of Dudes Spanking Dudes. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, have questions about uh, furries and spanking, how do they reach you?
1: I have so many plugs. So, okay, <laughs> the, Probably the best way to reach me is through Twitter where I am the manly unicorn. Um, and if, if you're looking for furry spanking art, you can also look there because I tend to retweet any that I see onto that twitter account um i'm also croup on Fur affinity if if you happen to be on that website or if you make an account for yourself if you're curious um i'm also croup on spank this hookups on south spanking on waps on recon uh I think that's all. Of them. I mean it's really nice that we have so many websites now. Whereas before I feel like we started off with this podcast, there were like two sites. Right, yeah. Now there's more. Um I have a furry telegram group. If you're on Telegram, uh just shoot me a message on Twitter. Um I'll I'll give you the link to join that. Um I'm also on Patreon, uh, also under the Manly Unicorn. Or no, I'm sorry, I am Manicorn on Patreon. Um, where that's just a place where I I put up writing that I've been doing. Um, if you just put in a dollar per month, you get early access to it. Um, that's all that is. And if you want to hear me just talk more, I am currently. I've just started another podcast. Um, this one is about a friend and I just talked about cartoons that we liked as a kid and, like, whatever homoerotic subtext (laughs) we noticed in them, or we just made up afterwards. Uh, Right now we're talking about the cartoon show Gargoyles, which was very dear to my heart as a kid and still is. Um, But that podcast is called The Loincloth Hour, which (laughs) is on SoundCloud. Probably probably the same website you're listening to this podcast on. You can also listen to The Loincloth Hour on. Uh, We're going to try to put up a new episode every two weeks, so... Watch
0: that. Yeah, and quit by the way, on his Patreon, he he's just been doing a series of if you have a fondness for Marvel superhero characters getting spanked, he has been doing a fiction series yes, where we chapter... currently up to chapter 14. Is that is
1: actually me and my boyfriend we, we started doing this together. That's oh, that's the that's the reason that's sort of how like how we got together is we started this very long Marvel superhero role play where we just sort of set out to, like, spank every hot hero in Marvel who we <laughs> liked. And it turns out there's a lot of them. Um, and I, I've just sort of been been taking those role play logs and, like, turning them to, like, an actual story. Um, so, yes, if you're interested, interested in that... Uh, do check it out. It's I, I've also been putting like three chapters up uh, after they're on Patreon for a few months. I I just post them regularly. Um, they're on my Fur Affinity or on Archive of Our Own, which is a fan fiction website. Um, so yeah, like just read my shit, please. I I put a lot of work into it, and I want more people to read it.
0: <laughs> uh, as for me, of course, uh, I am Red Spank Scott. For my top side, Hot Bot Scott. For the bottom side, um, I am on Spank This Hookups as Red SBK Scott. Uh, most everywhere else, uh, Waps and uh, Recon. I am Red Spank Scott uh, or Hotbot Scott, depending on on which side you want to talk to. If you want to If you want to prepare, if you're if you're planning to come out to Badass Weekend, and, and you, you want if you to you want to give him
1: a birthday spanking.
0: Yeah, if you want to tell me, <laughs> if you want to let me know in advance to make plans. Uh, hit me up at hotbotscott and Mm. uh, I will definitely reserve. I just, I want to make sure. Um, So, and uh, with that, uh, we'll wrap things up. Thanks for coming back on the show. It is, I am so happy to see you again. And thank you for having me. All right. It's
1: always a pleasure.
0: Yes. All right. I'll see everyone next time. Okay. Bye.